0: Luton make their first trip to Anfield in 16 years on Wednesday night to take on the Premier League leaders Liverpool alongside me to preview what will be a great occasion for the football club is the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe Jimbo night away the league leaders fancy that
1: this is going to be a scalp. this is the biggest one
0: bigger they come harder they fall we'll discuss it all after this intro.
1: Town. I love this town. I love this. This this town. You know what I love about this town is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive souls. We're people um,
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. Liverpool away Wednesday night. If you're going 7.30 kickoff for this one, weird kickoff time, but that is what it is. No UK TV. If you're not going, the game will be live on TalkSport and I dare say three counties and all the local uh, radio stations. Uh, So radio coverage, no TV coverage of this one. League leaders Jimbo away from home. Are we catching them at the right time, though? I say this not obviously because they're top of the league, but on Sunday afternoon they have their first chance of silverware in Jurgen Klopp's last game. So maybe an eye or two could be drifting towards that rather than little old Luton. This is his last game.
1: I mean, last season. Last season. <laughs> gotcha, Sorry, gotcha. Uh um, Well, you never know. If we win, it might be that as well. You never know. Um, who knows? What's those superstitious things you do that? you have to like knock on wood before you say something that yes it could be um uh and I hope that Luton can capitalize on whatever they're currently planning for in the future or going for because their injury hit they've still got world-class players all over the shop there and obviously they might have one eye on on the cup final for a, a first bit of silverware and they're still obviously in for the treble aren't they and and currently league leaders So um, hopefully that means they take little old Luton a little less seriously But something tells me after the scare that they got at kennel Road That they might not Well
0: that was going to be my next question Have we basically left ourselves with a hole in our foot By not being beaten by them at home You know we kind of bloodied their noses
1: enough That they know that they can't not take us seriously now yeah, I think that's that's the thing it's going to be hard a second time round probably against most sides that you've played really well against because uh m- you know m- most teams they'll they'll say no they're going to treat each team with respect but if you're a club the size of Liverpool, Man United, uh, Arsenal, you would be expecting to beat newly promoted sides regardless of whether they were Luton sides or Leeds sides or or, or whatever. So um, that's just an expectation of their the size of their club and where they are and um, what they are setting out to try and achieve each season. So, uh, you know, I think from a professional point of view, they'll be saying, "No, we'll we'll, we'll treat it uh, the game as respect." But we're, we've we've <laughs> watched football long enough to know that you can you know, take things a little, little easier. And Luton, Luton have done that this season against Bolton in the Cup. Um, t- Took their eye off it a little bit and had to have a replay to get that tie done. So it, it can happen. Um, And it's one of these games, if, if Liverpool play to their full potential, then Luton have absolutely no chance. But you've, you've got to hope that they don't and then you've got to be bang on it to try and capitalise on any malaise that there may be can't remember where I saw it it
0: might have been in a newspaper interview I might have seen it in an interview but Rob said that no I know where I saw it now yeah in the sky build-up to the game on Sunday he said we have to make them play the game they don't want to play because if they play the game they want to play they've got better players than us and they're going to beat us and that's exactly the message here really isn't it if Liverpool if we allow Liverpool to play the game they want to play they'll beat us in much the same way that we got sucked into letting Sheffield United or the other end of the table, play the game they wanted to play and they beat us too. So it's that chaos with a bit of control that we're looking for in this one.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, and perhaps the extent of the injuries might do that, but they've got such a great squad, Liverpool. I mean, they've, they've, um, got this incredible record of even substitutes coming on and affecting the game. And, um, been involved in the goals it's 20 this season which is a huge stat so even if it's not going particularly right for them at one stage of the game when you've got five substitutes and the quality of the bench that they've got they can come on uh, and and change the tide Um, it's just that the injuries that they do have and potentially are, are, are sweating over for this game do seem like very key players that are in form or you know regularly do the business for them
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Lots of injuries for Liverpool. And you're right about their bench. I mean, we've obviously already become victim to their subs bench already this season. Obviously, Luis Diaz, who probably would have started, but for everything that he was going through at the time at our place, came off the bench to score. So that's one of those goals. But all of these injuries may just make that bench weaker. Therefore, if we can stay in the game, not many are going to be coming on, you know, of a fifty pounds price tag. I mean, on Saturday at Brentford, they brought Mo Salah on. He's a doubt for this game. I've seen it on a few social media sites. I'm not sure whether I trust them or whether they're trustworthy that he's a doubt for this game. And if he is in any way, shape or form a doubt for this game, he'll be saved for the cup final, right? Let's get that right. Or or start on the bench at, at, the, at the very best. But then you uh, they also brought on Cody Gakpo. Again, big money signing. And there's plenty of others that that were on the bench, but there were also two or three youth teamers on that bench. And if these injuries put another two or three youth teamers, all, or one or two youth teamers on that bench, I'm not saying for one minute, their academy's crap. Of course I'm not. But if they're not bringing Mo Salah off the bench, we'll take that or, or Louis Diaz, as it was at our place. If the injuries mean that that's not happening, then that's got to be a good time to play
1: them. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's exactly that thing that they've got to be not a total full strength. And, um, and for the players to have a bit of an off day, you know, Mo Salah doesn't regularly have an off day. He did at Kenilworth Road. Um, it also worries me. Luton managed him very well at Kenilworth Road, but then he's been out for a number of weeks with that injury that he picked up at AFCON and then he comes on at, uh, against Brentford and probably should have had two. He's still got one. <laughs> and uh, and an assist. And an assist, which is is frightening. He's, he's a very good player. And um, uh, Luton will do very well to keep them in in their pockets again this this time round.
0: Yep. First trip to Anfield for 16 years. Uh, of course the last time we went there was the time that the club basically got saved. It was the night that 2020 were given preferred bidder status for the football club we lost five nil no one really gave a shit about that because ultimately we we'll, it's
1: five nil defeat ever wasn't
0: absolutely it? we went there not knowing if there'd be a club that night and we came away knowing that there would be a club and if the five nil is the you know is the sort of trader trade-off for it then so be it watching uh that back four at Luton that night which was scarily bad um it can't get no worse than that so um yeah, that's fine. That's that. That's the last trip to Anfield. Uh, if you've read the BBC Sport preview for this game, it's not in the nineties or anything like that. We did go in two thousand and eight. I sat there. I watched it. I was there too. It definitely happened. Um, and hopefully it won't be quite so one sided this time around. But we are going to probably the biggest fortress in English football right now, and it's it's very much like Kenworth Road, isn't it? Particularly under floodlights. I mean, they're European nights, so sort of historic really aren't they this isn't a european night but it's still a night game this is the very definition of as tough as it gets
1: they've lost one in their last 54 at anfield so there is a chance then <laughs> there's a small chance there's a small chance i mean that is a formidable record isn't it it's that is fortress stuff everybody dreams of that sort that's of, three um, seasons isn't it incredible incredible record and um yeah we, you know we are very fond of um, Kennel Thread under the lights and we know what atmosphere that can bring It, but this is the ground and I know everybody talks a lot of people say well, where is the atmosphere and stuff like that I think in night games it happens but there's also this thing which we talked of at, at the beginning of the season a team like Liverpool are expecting to beat teams like Luton so the atmosphere is not always as electric as it should be and we experienced that as well. We, you look at the conference years; it wasn't because Luton expected to beat those teams, and the fact that it took so long was added to the frustration. Um, and so, it will still be bloody noisy there. They've added got ten or fifteen thousand seats to the stadium. Isn't it? It's a massive ground, and a, um, you know they they're in this position of being on for all four cups. Um, and, you know, this being the warm-up for a, a trip down to Wembley to try and beat Chelsea in the League Cup. And, you, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you win the League or, uh, or win Cups every season. That, that's that's an exciting prospect. So I think that they'll be well up for it. Um, it's just down to Luton to try and make them feel a bit nervous in, in any way, as it is in any big ground, as, as it was at um, Saint James's Park, and just a couple of weeks ago, um, albeit that when, when it went four-two up, the Chorleys the, the got very noisy, didn't they? So um, it doesn't always work like that. But um, you know, these are all the sorts of things you've got to try and do against a matter of fine.
0: Yeah, indeed, uh, this is. T- I mean, normally we try and pick out three threats from the opposition, don't we? I mean, first of all, this lot have got about thirty-three, but. <laughs> Picking three out who aren't injured is probably the sort of the difficult point. There is a doubt over Mo Salah, as I say. There is a doubt over Darwin Nunez who went off, which would be a shame, actually, because if he's got the
1: same radar he had at Kenilworth Road, we'll be absolutely fine and dandy. I think since, though, he's found it, hasn't he? That goal he scored against Brentford was outrageous. Um, it really was. He's bang on form, really. Um, so if, if Salah and Nunez are not playing, then that is a boost.
0: And the man who set Nunez on his way in that, for that goal diego jota isn't definitely isn't playing i've seen that he's ruled out for two months i think that's
1: a huge boost as well i think he's a fantastic finisher really um you know he can score you know you give him half a yard of space and he can whip it in the top corner or bottom corner i think he's a very good finisher it just seems to be a bit injury prone so Yeah, I think that was a longer term, isn't it? Yeah, they've already ruled him out for the cup final. So he's definitely not playing in this
0: game. So that kind of leaves a front three, I suspect. And I'm not Jurgen Klopp, but I suspect it will be something along the lines of assuming Nunes is out. They've not actually confirmed that and they were very hush-hush in the interviews after the game on Saturday. So maybe he's not, but if he is out, it was
1: precautionary, I think, wasn't it? In the same way, we're hoping that Elijah might be precautionary, but I'd be very, I would be surprised if he plays, if he's up there. Yeah. Uh,
0: So if uh, Nunez is out, we're looking at a front three of Luis Diaz, Cody Gakpo, and probably
1: Harvey Elliott. It's still not bad, is it? Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. Um, Yeah. I, I like the look of Harvey Elliott as well. I think he's, seems to have had a very good season and seems to be kicking on in the same way that Curtis Jones seems to be as well another player that's going to be out I think or is he's a doubt um no
0: he's also out yeah um, so, ruled out of the cup final
1: so that's uh in a midfield sense a, a boost because he, he seems to have hit another gear where I think it, he was before he was in and out of the side um and now he's more of a regular I think so um Whereas as regularly it can be a, a Liverpool side where they could put out two different 11s and both be fantastic. Um, so yeah, that's 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 a real a boost for Luton. Um, but yeah, no, at the end of the day, we've been talking about Ross Barkley bossing so many midfields, and he did when they were at Luton. Um, Sambi's got better since um he Liverpool didn't. He didn't two. even play in the Liverpool game, did he? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so they, they won't know uh, much about much about him. Well, hopefully, they won't know much about him. So, um, you know, when when Lewin have faced up to all these world class players in midfield and more than equipped themselves, it's not as daunting a prospect as it could be. Albeit that it's still hugely tough ground where they just don't lose
0: yeah I mean this might bite me on the ass but I don't see this midfield three of Liverpool so McAllister Endo A.N. other Graven Birch probably based on how they finished the game on Saturday I don't see them as strong as say the Man City three that Barkley dominated in particular maybe even not as not as strong as the way the Man United midfield were lined up. You know, May knew that we mentioned in the review podcast, Casemiro uh, and Bruno Fernandes, very similar actually. Endo and Casemiro commit the same amount of fouls and never get sent off. <clears throat> Excuse me. And McAllister, and I mean, obviously at our place, McAllister tried to referee the game as well, didn't he? But I don't see them quite as strong, as certainly as that Man City one. So other than the stick, he's going to be taking from the stands because it's history. There's no reason why Barkley can't have a right good go at this one, and let's be honest, he's going to be right up for having a right good go at this one, isn't
1: he? Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, the only time that he's not really been that effective is when he's been stifled out of a game. You know, your Sheffield United one last week, uh, and and the Bolton one really didn't really seem to be firing on that one. All the other, all the other occasions, he's been absolutely uh, outstanding, um, if not the best player on the pitch. One of, and, um, you know, we talked in the last podcast about this stat of him being, um, in the top 1% of all the big European leagues of, of, of take on chances created from take ons. Uh, and he, you know, he relishes, uh, open space, but then if you look at the clips of him, he'll it, take on three players to, to create it if he, if he needs. So he's, he's in such a great vein of form that, you just hope that he can go up there and give his best because if he does, then Luton have always got a chance.
0: Yeah, indeed, yeah. Jaboz Lai is also a doubt for this game, isn't he? Uh, Which is why I didn't include him in the midfield three. Let's look at Luton then, team selection. You mentioned it, Elijah Adebay. Obviously, we're doing this podcast before Rob's press conference on Tuesday um, where I suspect he'll confirm one way or another whether Elijah's fit or not fit. Um, I think we're of the opinion that a hamstring doesn't Heal itself within three days. So we're going to go down the line of he's not fit? Yeah, I,
1: th- I think so. I mean, for all we'd want him to be up there and, and you know, giving their back line something to think about as good as they are. I don't think it's the game to risk him. Well, you don't want an Elise, do you? Not, well, exactly. Um, hamstrings, we've seen how damaging they have been to many of the players. Um, and Mads Anson's still out, although, you know, the, I saw him limp past me in the mix zone uh, on Saturday, and I don't think that was a hamstring. He must have done something else. He was very, very gingerly walking down the the corridor there, and he had some crutches just in case. I don't think we we're going to be seeing him for a while. I'll tell you that much. Um, but they, you know, there was an epidemic of hamstring injuries earlier in the season for Luton, and you can't risk a player uh, who's in such good form as as Elijah. I think with it being Liverpool, you go up there. Um, and they'll be hoping and expecting to try and get something from the game but nobody else will uh, and then you've got Man City and the FA Cup which we'd all like a cup run but let's face it it's not as important as trying to stay up and um, then if if he's out for two games then you take that I think um, you know if it if he come if he, <laughs> somehow they get him back on the pitch and he's fine great but you'd be sort of watching watching through your fingers almost really when it? it's uh hope he doesn't do anything doesn't do himself a mischief
0: yeah I mean the one thing we know for sure is if Elijah's got a chance to play he'll do it I mean this is the bloke who couldn't walk at Huddersfield and he still went go on then I'll give it a crack in the play in the playoff semi-final you know I mean he just couldn't move and he's still prepared to put himself on the line so we know that
1: if Elijah doesn't play he literally physically cannot play it's I think the difference with that, though, it was it was all or nothing. And then you've got a whole summer uh, yeah, after true. that, haven't you? And I think you can chuck the kitchen sink in that scenario. But here it's just like we're going into a very important run of fixtures after after the cup anyway. Um, that you need him on the pitch. Albeit, well, you know, if he's not, then Morris is firing all of a sudden. Um, well, not all of a sudden, actually. He's been very good since the turn of the year and maybe even just a little bit before... Um so, you know, Luton have got this record of scoring in twelve consecutive Premier League games, um, which is and it was flagged on match of the day and and we see it with our own eyes. It's one of the main reasons why Luton looked like the more capable of all the uh, newly promoted sides to avoid the drop, albeit after um that Everton draw against Crystal Palace, uh, on a Monday night that Luton have slipped Back into the bottom three on goal difference. But there's still a game in hand. So it's still positive.
0: Yeah, for a few weeks, of course, this is the game in hand, isn't it? But um, obviously we know that the game in hand is actually Bournemouth. And uh, they'll all level itself out again at the weekend when everyone else plays. Yeah, I mean, just on Morris. Keeping pretty good company in the old statistical um, stakes, isn't he, uh, Morris? And
1: really has caught form since the turn of the year. Yeah, he really has. I, I was reading that stat earlier today. It's only Mohamed Salah, Bukaya Saka, who's done it twice, and Rasmund, Rasmus Hoyland who have enjoyed longer runs in the top flight this season of um, Carl Morris's where he's scored or assisted in each of his last five league appearances. He's got four goals and two assists. Uh, phenomenal for a player that found himself on the bench because he wasn't scoring. Um, and... Has sort of really come back into the side, and with this slight fixed um, formation change, where we've got Elijah heading it up and him just behind, it's really, really worked out for him, and he's got so much more involved in the game against Manchester United at the weekend. His best performance in a Luton shirt for sure, um, uh, and you know, if he looks ready to take on the mantle, I think um, if. If Elijah's not going to be there for any any amount of time.
0: Yeah, Captain Carton in absolutely superb form and of course, just prior to that little run there, he wouldn't have got the two assists for the two Sheffield United own goals, but had he not have been on the pitch, absolutely, the yeah. balls wouldn't have been in the box for Sheffield United to do what they did for us and put them in the back of the net. Um Any other changes? Obviously if he is fit, Elijah comes in for Corley Woodrow. That's just how it's been. No problem with that whatsoever. But any other changes to the starting eleven here?
1: I think you keep it as much as much as it was against Man United because bar that, bar that, Rick at the thirty seconds, thirty-seven seconds in, Amari Bell had a really good game after that. Um, uh, I think the defense largely did when they weren't getting um, balls pinged over the top. Uh, and and Garnacho and Kova running onto them, which is you know it was to be expected in the way that Luton were trying to attack the game. It was just one of those risks that you had to take. Other than that, I thought they defended quite well. Um. uh So no, I don't think so. The good thing. The good thing is that barring and obviously Nakamba who. Um, seems to be out of his knee brace. Um, I've seen a picture of him of late, so that's good news. And back on the bike, I've heard. Uh, so get back into uh, cardio training, so that is another bonus, but I we are not going to see him for a while. But other than those two, locks was locked as well. Um, and by the way, what, what uh, a video and uh, uh, a reception he got against Manchester, not as he did every time he comes on, but it's good to see him uh, back, back up to his usual... Um, self really
0: yeah it is yeah um, yeah the video on the uh, club YouTube channel of locks going through everything that happened and it just puts it into perspective I mean I was there that day it was horrible I'll never forget it I want to forget it but you just can't but then when you hear the man who went through it himself saying that he was dead for three minutes you're like fuck me mm. I mean you know it's like excuse my French you're, you're like wow football really 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 doesn't matter and of course we've not played on that But that's a very much part of everything that we do. I highlighted it when we saw that video of the boys getting their um, debut Premier League balls. Uh, They had the um, Brighton pre-match thing ready to go. And in the corner, it's got four locks in his shirt, hasn't it? And and, and I'm led to believe that's on everything that they do in that meeting room. It's got that in the corner. So him just being around the place just livens it all up. And yeah, I mean incredible really you know it all just brings tears to your eyes just thinking about what he went through that day and um just thankfully we're just all thankful that
1: he's still with us uh that's for yeah that, absolutely for sure. um I mean my my point being and it's right to bring that up and and talk about that as a positive because it, it really was it's always great to see him around I saw him in the um where I just saw us was going to the mix zone and and shook his hand. Oh, it's a quick, quick hello because he. There was many, many people there wanted to take a selfie with the, with the great man. So fair play. But um, yeah, it's good to good to see him. My point, though, was that other than him and Madsen and Nakamba, it's a it's a full strength squad. Almost to pick from. Brown actually was out, wasn't he? We've got to find out what uh, the scenario was with him because he's he's been missing for a couple of weeks now, hasn't he? Um, and he might have been like an ideal player to come in because he's great on the w- with the press wasn't he uh, isn't he um so that it could have been a could have been an option but other than that I think that uh, Luton are well stocked and able to pick the best team uh, for for the job and the, the players that are most informed and I think with Chong coming in and doing so well I think you give him another go and see what he can do at anfield Well, especially
0: given he gave us that incredible moment at Kenworth Road in the reverse Mm. meeting. May not be a Kabore to um, roll the ball into him, although he's back on the bench now. And maybe they might go with Kabore for his more defensive skills as well as his attacking ones here because we are probably going to be penned back a little bit. But then Chio's doing nothing wrong, has he? So if you go with Chio, that's absolutely fine. In the reverse fixture... And actually, let's come on to how we hurt this Liverpool side. In the reverse fixture, we're all about Chio Alexander-Arnold. That's the way to target them, get after them that way round. Well, we've got two problems now. One, Alexander-Arnold's ruled out, so we can't go at him. And two, the bugger that they've got in place of him looks bloody good, who can actually defend, unlike Alexander-Arnold. Uh, Connor Bradley is who I'm talking about. He looks mighty good. For a fellow who was on loan at Bolton last season, he... He looks the business, but that's obviously on the other side to Chio anyway. It looks like Andy Robertson's back down that left-hand side, so we're not going to get a massive amount of joy there. Albeit, we know that Liverpool are going to play on the halfway line with that high line that they play. So if Barkley or Sambi get the ball, there's an awful lot of space for Chio to run in behind. So maybe that keeps him in the side
1: over Kabore, just on the attacking point of it. I I think so because you you know for all of Luton's possession of late and they had the most amount against Manchester United as well which is astonishing you to, can flip say. you can flip the numbers here can't you <laughs> yeah, exactly you can liverpool are going to dominate the ball um, so when you get it you got to make it count um and in you know in the way that manchester united played on the counter against luton at kenilworth road then there's options there um and certainly for for Chio. Um and Chong. In fact, you know, you know the way that he um, gave them a, a frightener uh, when they came down to Kenworth Road as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that that's, that that would be a good shout. Is probably why I'd why I'd favoured not not chopping and changing too much. I mean, Is has got to come back into it at, at some stage because he, he won't be able to flog Chio. <laughs> Again and again and again, um, considering he had that ankle problem around the last international break, um, you don't want him to break down again. Um, well, at some point we'll have Hashioka's work permit,
0: stroke, whatever it is that we're waiting for, international clearance or whatever it is for him to
1: come into the side. When I, the, I don't think you see him at Anfield. I, no, no, no. Maybe, I'm not, maybe a good shout for the cup game. For the cup That's game, City, yeah. yeah. Man City, but I don't think you see him at Anfield. But yeah. Um, but it gives options, doesn't it? Uh, at that, but at the moment, cheers not not doing a bad job <laughs> whatsoever.
0: No, he's not. No, um, yeah, no. I think I think that's fair enough. Um, unchanged side, unless of course Elijah has made a wonderful recovery. And if he did go off as a precaution, who knows? Maybe that you know, maybe they did take him off because they wanted him more on Wednesday than what they wanted him on Sunday. Um. It might be that way. So how do we get to this side then? We yeah, they're gonna have this high line, aren't they? They're gonna squeeze the pitch up very much like we are, actually. I can see this game being played within twenty yards of our half their eleven against our eleven. Um you're right with Chio, you're right with Chong. Is this a game though where we, we do just need to kind of say for all we're progressing as a side, we're using our possession and we're using our new formation and the evolution and everything that we've gone through over the last six weeks, is this one where we've just got to park that and go back to what we did in the championship direct, get it forward, get Morris up against Van Dyke and uh, who would it be, Canate presumably, um, and, you know, get men around him and try and win second balls. Uh, have we got to go back to that sort of stage of it? I... I, I I suspect we're not going to and the reason why I say this is because there was a wonderful piece by Oliver Kay in The Athletic at the weekend. Uh, He did an interview with Rob Edwards and Rob Edwards there's an actual snippet in it where Rob Edwards was talking about the Brentford game and he watched the Brentford game and he didn't recognise anything that he liked about football in the Brentford game and since then he's made a conscious effort to change. Obviously the Brentford game was you know ahead of the the last Liverpool game so I I don't see us going back to that style but maybe if we were to do it, would this be the game to do it?
1: I I think it's still a a weapon that Luton can use, but they've evolved away from that. Um, It just, you know, when when you're playing against Chelsea and uh, Newcastle and Manchester United, and you're having more of the ball than them, that's something, obviously you've got to do something with it, but then it speaks to be able to change the way that you play, to give yourself more of a platform, and it has because they've been in games. They've, you know, they've been, you know, within one one goal of all these big teams, which is remarkable. How you go up to Anfield is a different matter. Um, I think that as much as the two grounds, them and uh, Anfield and St. James's, have a similar sort of uh, ferocious feel about them, Liverpool in greater form than Newcastle. So I don't think you have as much joy with the ball there. So I think it's an option, which is good because if the you know plan A doesn't work, you've got to have another one. Otherwise you're knackered. Um, but that high line is um, mouthwatering, if you can get it right. And there's every reason to think you could with the way that Samby and Ross Barkley are playing. And you can see their highlight reels of how they're pinging balls into those channels. In fact, that 442 did a uh, a video on it about how that is one of Luton's major tactics. And, you know, we've all seen that for our own own eyes, but it's nice that other people are picking up on it. Well, it's not because they're sharing it to the world. Yeah, I know. But (laughs) uh, but, you know, it's one thing knowing, knowing that that's what's going to do. You've got to deal with it. And there's only so many ways you can actually beat teams, but as Liverpool, will probably attest you know probably what they're going to do they're not going to change for Luton gotta bloody stop it though that's the trouble Um, so you know Luton aren't in that mould at all I'm not suggesting that but um, if, if if those things are working and Liverpool will expect that they can impose their game on and when you get the ball back if you can do that and switch the play quickly get them running backwards then that's it's a tactic you got to employ. Yeah, it <laughs> comes back to
0: what the boys said uh, to James in the review podcast of the Man United game: It's risk and reward, and they're prepared to risk for the rewards, and they're not getting the points rewards that their risks are um, dictating in recent times, as as in immediately recent, but over the course of that spell since the Brentford game, taking away the Arsenal Man United game, sorry, Arsenal Man City games, which we were never going to get much out of anyway since then the rewards have been there you know the form's very very good and um you know it it was only a couple of weeks ago that we were matching Liverpool for form wasn't it in terms of points over five six games or whatever it was and goals of 2024 and, and everything else obviously they've kicked on a little bit since then they went a bit goal crazy at Brentford on Saturday for example
1: but although I did hear that um I think it was from a Brentford fan saying that's probably the worst that Brentford have played all season.
0: Well, I didn't recognise that Brentford defence in that game. I mean, obviously, the one thing about Luton not playing on Saturday is you can sit down and watch all the kickoff games. And I haven't seen Brentford defend that badly before. But then on the flip side of that, you know, they're up against a pretty damn good attack, aren't they? So, um, yeah, it is. We. But for the immediacy at the start of. Um, 2024 there was a reason why Rob Edwards was a candidate for manager of the month alongside Jürgen Klopp it's because our form was very very good and who knows you just you just don't know do you get you get something that you can hang on to our record at Anfield's crap (laughs) let's be honest it is
1: it's absolutely terrible yeah yes last 14 visits and nothing um yeah Liverpool Liverpool have only beaten Grimsby more than they've beaten Luton <laughs> Anfield um, which is on the spot it's been a very long time since it's been a league game
0: yeah well at least they've beaten someone there more than what we have um see it's listen it's a tough night at the office isn't it we, even if they've got the whole 11 out, as James said earlier they've got another one in backup that's pretty damn good as well but We've not wanted to use the term we've nothing to lose very often this season because it's not the case. But I think on this occasion, it very much is the case. Anything you get away to the league leaders in terms of the relegation battle. You look at the teams around us, not many are going there and getting anything. Although I do remember a couple of weeks ago, Burnley went there. They lost 3-1. They killed themselves three times like Burnley do. But the centre forward had two one-on-ones with the goalkeeper and he put them both wide. If he puts them both in, they go and get a point there. I'd wager if Morris is in the same situation, in the same form that he's in right now, he would put those in. So maybe we're not devoid
1: of hope, but realistically, this is a tough assignment. I don't think you can you can level devoid of hope at Luton at all this season. The, the, the very fact that they've been in most games with the big sides, certainly... Um, that they're not expected to be, and given them most of them a scare, and it's not just at Kenilworth Road now. Um, you know, the away form's been pretty good of of late. Um, was it like uh, five points, eight goals last last three away games? Is pretty good. Um, so that I mean, I think that that gives you an opportunity to go up there and do something. It, I, I don't think it's like. Uh, uh, Sheffield United going there at the moment um, and obviously <laughs> um, you go up there and uh, we talked about the, the spaces um, but set pieces could be an option um, as they have been all season they've, uh, they're up there for um, well they've got 34 goals and 11 of them from set pieces which is, is pretty good um, 32% record if I'm not mistaken <laughs>
0: Percentage-wise, second only to Everton, I believe. Awesome. Um, so yeah, let's hope that let's hope that that's a fact. I mean, that is a factor, isn't it? It's always a factor for us. And um, if we can isolate Virgil Van Dijk from the defensive side of them things, we might get some joy from set pieces. Actually, that is that's very much and lots of teams do have joy against Liverpool they don't always score but you know they they can win the first contact if they keep Van Dijk out of the equation so there are reasons why we can get at this Liverpool
1: defence oh the goalie is yeah, probably going to be different as well he's not going to be Allison.
0: no it's not he's he's definitely he could, out as well yeah, I
1: believe Kelleher as well but it, I mean everything I've seen of him looks like he's pretty uh, a pretty good understudy but he's not Alisson who's um incredible
0: yeah he is Yeah. uh Quite possibly the best in the world, actually, Alison, uh, right now. But obviously Man City fans will disagree with that. And that's well within, the, well within their rights to do that. Yeah, tough uh, tough night at the office. But hey, we go there with hope. More hope than expectation. Not like so, Not like when we went to Newcastle where we genuinely expected that we could get something from the game. But that's not to say that we won't get anything from the game we will finish this episode of the podcast as we always do with our score predictions. Uh, James, how does Liverpool V Luton end?
1: After me, not given, uh, given the old spiel about n- not devoid of hope, I-, I think that they'll run them close, but um, they, their, their record at home is so uh, incredible that I probably would see them pipping Luton. Uh, but only narrowly. So I'm going to give it the old popular 2-1 score, no?
0: 2-1 to Liverpool for James. I still can't bring myself to uh, predict Luton to lose on these things. I'm not going up to Anfield on Wednesday predicting us to lose. There was that famous game, wasn't there, where we had three goalkeepers and drew 3-3 with them at Anfield in the 80s. If Tony was here, he'd tell us all about that game. He's not. But it did happen. But I think a goal less. 2-2. With the crossbar away from Landing old Desmond on um, Sunday, so we'll give it another crack in this one. And if we come away with a two-two,
1: happy days all round. I'm certainly not going to mess around with any like uh, jokey scores no, like I did last time because, uh, uh, you know, seven minutes in and <laughs> I was
0: getting very squeaky ass Yeah, don't then. Do not tempt that one to come back to haunt us. That's for sure that's it for this episode of the podcast just before we finish though if you are one of the 2500 odd Luton fans that are going to this game please remember if you're singing a song on Wednesday night make sure you know what you are singing obviously uh, after the home game there was issues with tragedy chanting and things like that we do not want a repeat of that uh, for two reasons really first of all what you would be singing about is not a laughing matter. Uh, in fact, if you're not sure what happened at Hillsborough, if you're too young to know what happened at Hillsborough, before you go into the away end, pop around five minute walk just to the other side of the ground. There's a Hillsborough memorial. If you see that, you'll soon understand it really is not worth singing about. Please, please, please don't do that. But the other reason, please don't do that. It is a criminal offence to tragedy chant in this country now, and you do not want to be arrested for doing anything like that. As I say, 97 people lost their lives at Hillsborough on that day in 1989. It is not something to sing about. We all go to football matches to enjoy ourselves, to watch our team play, to watch our team win. But most importantly, we all go there fully intending to go back home again after the game. 97 people were not given that luxury on that April afternoon in 1989. Please, 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 please. Do not sing about it. It is not a laughing matter. If you don't know what is being sung for the good of everything, please do not sing it. We've so many great songs about Rob Edwards, about Tom Lockyer, about all of the players that are on the football pitch. Keep all of the songs positive. There's so so many great things to sing about at this club right now. If you do not know what you're singing, just please don't sing it. It is not worth it at all. And as I say, Hillsborough or anything to do with Hillsborough, is not a singing and
1: laughing matter. Yeah, or any other um, unfortunate tragedy there is. Just uh, yeah, don't do it. Uh, fully echo those words, mate.
0: But if you are one of the 2,500 or so that are going, be loud, be proud. As I say, get right behind the boys. Christ, they're going to need it on Wednesday night. As James said... It's a new stand behind us in that away end and they've got another sort of 10,000 fans. there. I think it's up to 60,000 now, isn't it? So it's as as big a crowd at Anfield as we're ever going to have played in front of. So the boys are going to need to hear all of our songs and things like that. So do get behind them. But as I say, just be aware of what you're singing, please. Thanks to James for keeping me company for this preview. We will, of course, be back to review the game. That will be out somewhere in the vicinity of Thursday night stroke Friday morning, depending on how quickly I get back or not back from Anfield on Wednesday night. If we won, I might not get back very quickly at all. How many matchsticks I can stick in my eyes while I'm editing it. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah, absolutely. As, yeah, so thanks to you for watching, for listening. Let us know your score predictions. Not a great deal of time to let us know this one, but if you do get it correct of a lute and persuasion of course if it's something silly like 5-0 Liverpool we won't even bother reading through them they didn't nope Mm, Um, it it, it is yeah Uh, yeah if you get it right we will give you a shout out in that review episode please do keep on liking and subscribing particularly subscribing uh, to where you get the podcast they're going to be coming thick and fast over the next few weeks with all the games that are coming up and we don't want you to miss out on one so if you subscribe you'll get a notification letting you know exactly when that happens Thanks to the Hightown Club for staging our studio as always, to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for our intro music, and to Ed Smith Creative for all the designs that you see on set. Until the review episode of the podcast. Come on you Hatters, we can do this.
1: You know what I love about this town is actually, you, everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're looting people.